Hey everybody, just want to let you know with the Jim Cren No Restrictions app now available on iTunes and Google Play, it's absolutely free, streams 24-7 of No Restrictions. Make it easy on just get it today. It's on iTunes and Google Play. Jim Cren No Restrictions app. Jim Cren No Restrictions with Todd DeFazio. Jim Cren No Restrictions. I am at Bloom's Cigars the city's premier cigar shop. If you're a cigar person like me, you want to you want to see Blooms. You want to see the Humidor. Uh, it's Mark has the biggest selection of cigars I've ever seen. Uh, also, it's the most welcoming place you can come to. Uh, so try out Blooms cigars. I'm having a cigar right now with my man, my buddy, partner in crime, Todd DeFazio, who uh, is not only a, a co-host guy here he, he's also the producer he does todd does all the work this is what i'm saying <laughs> he does make sure this show is put put gets on the air he's the brains of the outfit here uh, so it's always love to have todd hanging and also uh don't forget to get your yinzer cards yinzer cards are selling we're over seven thousand cards sold we're rolling we're in giant eagle every giant well 50 giant eagles through the tri-state for the next birthday anniversary graduation check out your yinzer cards Pittsburgh celebration cards. Myself, Larry Richard, uh, uh, Dick Roberts, who was on the show a few weeks ago, and Rob Rogers. Uh, so anyway, Todd, uh, so we kick off the show here at Blooms. Um, if you're hearing in the background, uh, an, in a low way, there's TV on in the background in there. Because people are watching the as of uh, the recording here, we record Thursdays uh, at 11. Most Thursdays at 11 at Blooms on the yeah. south side. 12th Street, uh, right off Carson, right around the corner from Jack's. If you want to stop in and say hi and have a cigar, you can come and have a cigar with us and watch the show and hang out. I'd love to have you. If, you want, if you're off, you know, or have a vacation day or you're off on a Thursday at 11 o'clock, hang out with Todd and I at Blooms, do that. But I said TV's on real low because uh, uh, the, the hurricane, Hurricane Florence, hitting, hitting the Carolinas, and, and it's pretty wild. We just had a gentleman here who was hanging at Blooms. He drove up from the yeah, Carolinas, away from it. Wilmington, I believe he said he was in, and his house could get the surge, which is the, the heavy deal with the, the water. Yeah. Man, that sucks, man. It's yeah. one thing about Pittsburgh. I complain about our weather. I know. But we don't really get hurricanes, and I know when you live on a coast, you, it's beautiful. The weather's warm. It's beautiful. But yeah. then all of a sudden, you can get a hurricane. Right. Which sucks. You're, you know, the, the house gets washed away. Not now, good. Now I kind of feel bad for complaining we had three days straight of rain. I complain about everything. I complain about <laughs> humidity. I complain about anything. It says humid, I'm complaining. We don't have the weather channel c- coming in on humid days. No. With that guy Cantori, whatever his name. You know, that's what you have. When you have the unknown weather person in your town, if you're on a coast, you're okay. Like, you're the unknown. When you have that guy, I think his name Jim Cantori from the weather channel. If you have him coming to town, yeah, your town's going to get leveled. That's He's the good. headliner. He's the hurricane headliner. They bring him in only for category fours and fives. They have probably like a meeting. They probably have like, okay, you're a category one, two, and three. <laughs> you're you're kind of like low in the totem pole. You want to work your way up. Then Cantori sits there and they go, he's the king. Four and fives. <laughs> oh, end of the world. End of the world. Send Cantori. So he can wrap this thing up. He can bring us into the world. I always, wa- I got a question for you on watching the hurricane. There's nothing funny about it. Believe me, everyone. I mean, if you're in the Carolinas or you're down there and, you know, in the path of that hurricane or were, my heart goes out to you. I just, uh, 
want to make you laugh a little bit here. It's just, uh, you know, it's you always have to have a person in the hurricane. Why do they have to be in the hurricane for me to watch it on TV? Do you notice that? Well, like, there's always someone. There's like a stop right. sign flying behind them. There's a car flipping over. There's rain. There's fl- and they're standing there in a hurricane with the windbreaker on. Just right. the windbreaker, by the way. And the audio is horrible. I, I don't understand the point of that. You have 200 mile an hour winds. Why wear windbreaker? What's that all about? What's that going to break? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, put the, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put the windbreaker on. You might. I should. They should just be in a swimsuit, go all out. Yeah. If you're going for ratings to be in a hurricane, just be in a swimsuit. <laughs> and, and they do. If you, you must, that must suck, man. If you're, you work for the Weather Channel, and they're like, "Hey, Todd, we're gonna send you down to cover the hurricane." You're like, "Great, right?" Because you want to be the next Jim Cantore. Yeah, Tory. Right. And then they say, "Todd, we're gonna put you on the beach on the water as it's coming in." 200 you might get washed away but we pretty much they're thinking we got about 2500 applicants here that can replace you from some other station i wonder if they get like hazardous duty pay for that no you know these people love this stuff man they're into it yeah you know the late great joe donardo we know in pittsburgh we had the late great joe donardo uh if you remember him like myself. If you're probably 35 or up, you remember maybe Joe 40 oh, and up. Yeah. And his weather was Pittsburgh weather, which is partly cloudy skies, the other guinea county changes showers. <laughs> and changes showers. And I got to know Joe through the years. And uh, he, I, and he, one of the things he did, and I may, I apologize if I mentioned this on the show because when he passed away, I may have mentioned this story possibly. If I, if I did already, I hope it's okay. I just want to bring it up again. But. I can't remember if I actually did told this story. But anyway, he actually flew into the eye of a hurricane once. Oh. And no. I don't, did I tell that? I can't remember no, if I told No, you didn't. It. Okay, so, so what happened was we were talking about, we were talking about weather and his, he's a, he's a, me- a real, he was a real meteorologist, okay? So, and he said that, and I said, what'd you do? It was crazy. He goes, oh my God, oh my God. I flew into, he goes, what? So how <laughs> they judge like Hurricane Florence. Here's what they do. The, the National Weather Bureau, whoever, they get in a plane. It's a special kind of plane. They fly. Now they find there's a, there's a weak spot in the hurricane, okay? They find the weak spot. They fly into it, and they fly into the eye, which is just nothing. It's beautiful. It's calm, nothing, no rain, nothing in the eye. They, so they fly through it, and they measure from one part of the, the hurricane in the eye to the other. So... so Joe said, you are in the most wicked, it's like you're in a washing machine. The whole plane shaking and rumbling. You can't believe, he said, you can't believe it's flying. And, and all of a sudden, boom, you just break in this, this quiet, beautiful, open air. It's quiet, it's peaceful. And, you're fl- and as you're flying, you look into a wall. There's a big wall. You're going into the next part, the back half, which is even stronger. So they're measuring, and that's how, and, they, and you fly back out. He said he'd never do it again. Yeah. It was one time. It was one it. Time. I always wanted to do it, but <laughs> but I didn't know that's how they that's how they measure. So that's how you know if it's category one, two, three, four, five from that wall, from the distance, or or, yeah. they, so they, or somehow they can tell the strength or something from it. It's, it's pretty. It's fascinating to me. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Joe Denard has been making helicopters cool since before Antonio Brown. Th- that's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go Steelers! Uh, as you know, Steelers are our religion and. Uh, you know, I know a lot of uh, we have a lot of listeners outside of the Berg, and you have your team, and that's what I love about the NFL. Everybody has their team, and uh, and now I want our friends in Amsterdam 
As I said, we have uh, like 177 listens from Amsterdam. Uh, I want you to adopt the Steelers, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll send you some terrible tiles. Yes, and we'll have a big party in Amsterdam when we go. Because my goal is to get a, a party with Todd and I to go to Amsterdam. Yeah. To meet everybody in That'd Amsterdam. Great. And I want to go to Egypt. I want to meet all my friends in Egypt. I want to go to England. Oh, I just love the Every pod- city that listens. I just love the podcast, the fact that, that we have people all over the world listening. It's so cool that you're all listening. In, in Oh, I just want to give a shout-out uh, to uh, one of our listening friend out there uh, uh, that called the number yeah. and texted number uh, from AGH and listening to the show, and I appreciate you listening to the show uh, greatly down at AGH. And uh, Todd, you got the number, and he, uh, you can give the number, but he had a buddy who has a podcast, and he wants to, we'll give a plug, let's give a plug to his yeah, buddy's podcast. Uh, What's it called? Working Stiff's Podcast. Working Check st- it out. Working Some Stiff's Podcast. Pittsburgh guys. Yeah, try it out. Working Stiff's podcast and give a plug and uh, uh say hello to my friend at agh i appreciate you listening to the show i really do and the number todd what is that it, number it's again? like a i guess it's like our any timeline you could call it anytime yeah you can't really listen to us live you could leave a message uh if yeah. you, want, you have a question or something or, or you know if you like the show or whatever just just leave a message you're you know as guests maybe you want to be uh, having a show or if there's a character if you listen to me in the radio days, if there's a character you want me to do, because I'm trying you know, do some more characters, trying to bring Ben Clingston back, as you know we did. You know, a lot of requests Ralph, for um, Ben Clingston, yes. We're going to bring in Ben back for sure, man. Ben, you know, Ben, if, you don't, if, if you're out there and you don't know who Ben Clingston is, well, I was on the radio. This is character. He's Ben Clingston Mulgard, and I did this voice. It was he's five foot two, one hundred twenty five pounds, solid steel. He's a Mulgard, and he's that guy who just takes everything so serious, over the top serious. Like he's just is the letter of the law, you know. But he's a Mulgard, <laughs> yeah. and he just takes it serious, and he has pride. In in how that came about, that character, because there's, there's a way these characters come about. Like you just develop into the characters, and how they came about. This particular character came about was, I have a buddy. Uh, his name's Roy Riley, and uh, Roy is a really funny, uh, wonderful magician and comedian, one of the nicest guys, and, and I love Roy. He's a close friend, and um, he would go on a road. We'd go on a road. We used to work Snowshoe, West Virginia, uh, resort. There's a ski resort not far from here, Snowshoe. Uh, a lot of skiers out there know what I'm talking about. It's beautiful. And so we had a comedy club there, and, and Roy ran it. So I became friends with Roy from doing the club, and then we started doing the road together every once in a while. We used to do... A club in Syracuse, New York. We had a buddy who had a club in Syracuse. We'd go up there for two weeks at a time. So Roy and I would be in Syracuse on Erie Boulevard. If you're in Syracuse or, in a, or no Syracuse, you'll know what I'm talking about. And on the, at the end was a mall. So the life of a comedian when you're on the road is this. You get to see the town, but for the most part, you're in a hotel or condo. You live to perform. In other words, you're just bored all day until you get on stage. You have your 45 minutes on stage. You can't wait. So anyway, Roy and I would go to the mall to kill time. There's a mall across the road from this hotel. So I would walk in the mall, and there was a guy in there. He was a mall guard. And I'm telling you, he was like five foot two. He was Ben Clingston. And what happened was, it, was, it wasn't his <laughs> name, but he had these thick glasses. And, but I was watching him because he was so mean. He was just so mean to everybody. <laughs> like a little kid, they had these, this is back when they had like, you know, video arcade things and stuff. And, and Roy and I would sit in front of it, and Ben was, you know, we called I came up, I don't know how I came with Ben Clingston. <laughs> I said, Ben Clingston, Mulgard. And Roy laughed, so I just said, all right, yeah. that's his name. Ben, I just call him Ben, Ben Clingston. So I'd see the guy, and, and it would say stuff like a kid would walk up and say, uh, 
excuse me, sir, you know, this is like a 12-year-old kid says to the mall guard, excuse me, can I have change for a dollar? Is this for the games or something? He go, what do I look like a change machine? Go over there, blah, blah, blah. He starts screaming <laughs> at the guy, man. And, and, and so I love them. I'm watching Ben the entire time. Someone brought a drink into the store. He just wouldn't let it go. You know, it was a drink, walk in. It was like he was just, gonna, like he could write him a ticket or something. He got, this is a warning. You know, I'm like, warning? Warning? I'm thinking, warning for what? And Roy and I would just be crying, laughing at this dude, man. You know, what's he going to do? Arrest him for a drink or something? So I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's so intense. And, there, and there one, we did this for two weeks. I couldn't wait to get to the mall to watch Ben. And, and there was one time, this guy, this little kid, I don't know, he said, he just, in the video arcade again, he said, I smell smoke. There's like a wire. Ben just evacuated everybody, the whole <laughs> mall. I'm not kidding. It was a little seagull. Yeah, smelling it. Oh, God, everybody move. This is a code 19. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Ray and I are out in the parking lot laughing our asses off. We got, I can't believe Ben just evacuated the mall. <laughs> so from that became Ben clinks the mall guard. I start doing them on stage and start getting a laugh. And Roy was Ben's assistant, Sonny Hope aspiring mall guard so, so i would just say <clears throat> and what would happen was as we would do the shows if i would be on stage doing middle of my set and roy would be in the background in the back of the room and he'd, he'd just yell it out just to make me laugh because i could drop i dropped on my knees because it's always <laughs> he got back lazy the mall guard and then boom i'm on the ground just thinking of this guy in mall guard. but anyway it became a, a character for, for the radio show that uh just uh, could hit a nerve with people because everybody has that person or is run into yeah. that person. You know, they may have a family member like that person, but you always run, everyone's running into that person. Just, you know, no, uh, you know, variance. Just just stricter than strict, over the top. Right. Just basically an ass, too. And it's just a real jag off, you know, kind of guy. So, so we'll bring him back. Hey, uh, Steelers, get back to Steelers here. Did you watch the game? Yeah. Okay, so I'm watching the game. And I'm watching it with my, my dad and, and, and my mom's house. My mom and dad, they live in Brooklyn. So, so I, kind of, I get home after visiting my mom and dad, and I'm watching it. And, and we go up, you know, it was like, tw- I think my 21-7 or something at one point. I, we, it was just the point where we're, it's just like, I thought it's over. Yeah, 21-7. I thought it's over. It's like, done. this is a blowout, I'm thinking. It's a blowout. Yeah. So I go in a walk the dog and stuff and I'm walking the dog and everything and then hanging out and, and and all of a sudden I get this text from my mom she goes can you believe you missed that field goal and I'm like what who cares you know we're blowing them out and I'm, yeah. like, and I'm like my mom really doesn't know football too well so I'm thinking eh, ass nothing and all of a sudden I get home I t- I'm like are you kidding me 2020 tie oh my god this, yeah I don't know what do you think it's, what, what do you take I, away? I don't think I think the Browns have gotten better than last year, but I don't think the Browns were that good. They uh, they could have gave us that game so many times. I think what it is is Tyrod Taylor the, was terrible. I the chemistry isn't there yet because they they the do, yeah for Steelers? the Steelers they do, they dog it through through uh, through uh, training camp and then you know they barely play in the we'll, exhibition we'll, games. We'll give it first game. We'll give it first. Well, I'll tell you what. I thought James Conner did great. Yeah, the, the, the bright side all, was. But he, but he did do great, and he had the, the most interesting haircut I've ever seen. That's I was going to get it about. for the show you today. Should do, you know, Todd can pull his haircut <laughs> off, and, and that's just it. His haircut, 
It it had a look to it. It's, it's like a modern mullet. I like I like where you're going with that. It's a modern mullet. It's kind of a it's like a it's like a, a man made skullet. Now the <laughs> skullet is the guy who's going bald, he's bald on top and right, he doesn't want to let me. it go, like a Gallagher look, where he's he's lets his hair grow in the back, that Benjamin Franklin look. That's yeah. what I would look like. Seems I couldn't pull that look off because I'd look like Benjamin Franklin, my buddies would just kill me as I walked in the Needs Bar or Pope's. Uh, it'd be like, or here, or Bloom's. Like, hey, Jimmy, I'm kind of like a you look like a crazy, a crazy Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> you do. I'm kind of thinking it was a uh, tribute to Terry Bradshaw and Paul Amalo because they were his favorite players. Yeah, the bald on top. I'm just hair speculating, but or his barber was like Le'Veon Bell, and in the middle of the haircut said, "You know what? I want more money." <laughs> I'm walking out. He goes, what do you mean? Where are you going? I'm walking out. I want more money. I'm walking out. I'll tell you what. I not only, I, I do shampoos also. I cut, but I do shampoos. I do extra. I want more money for doing the shampoos. I deserve <laughs> more. And he left. And he yeah. said, you're on your own with this. And he said, okay, I'm in. Because it did, it looked like, I'm, God, this man, James Garner, is a heart of a lion. Yes. He, for what he's been through. So he could wear anything he wants. I respect it. That man has right. all my respect. I guarantee there are some people out there that have that haircut. Oh, they do. They're after the week. game. Yeah. People are getting it after the game, posting it online. There's a ton of Pittsburghers getting that look. That's <laughs> going to be the Pittsburgh look, I'm telling you. People are going to walk in. You're going to see them around bars. Yeah. Guys are going to walk in going, hey, look, you think it is, huh? I'm going to start it's growing the cool. back of my hair now. Got James Corner look going on, man. <laughs> you know what? Chick magnet. <laughs> Chick magnet, man. That's crazy. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know if it's really going to be a I think he's the only Chick one Magnet. pulling anything I think from he's that. the only one going to. Yeah. Yes. He's the only one. Don't go. For, yeah. It's, you just can't do it. It's yeah. like during that phase where people tried to do the Hulk Hogan hair. You just can't. Yeah. You just can't dye your hair white. Yeah. Blonde no. white like that. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And, and you just can't shave your head and then do the <laughs> thing. Now, he has sort of the lines going through this. See, I would look, yeah. I would look like a cross between Ben Franklin and also it would be like, hey, Jimmy, did you get a weed whacker accident? Really? Yeah. It would look like I was using a weed whacker and I fell down and a weed whacker just went nuts on the top of my head and someone pulled me out and then it was left. It was just the back of my hair left long. Uh, that, now, would you, could you do the, would you do the haircut? I mean, I'd do it. Off I, w- I, don't, I wouldn't pull it off, but I would do it to. You just uh, do it to do it, right? Yeah, just if yeah. we wanted to do it for a bit or something. I mean, I'd love to ask him what. I mean, I don't know if it, I, I, I don't know if I like it or I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, because it's, you want to be open minded to something different. What do you? I don't know if I like it. I'm not. What do you think? I don't know if I'm not sure. I, I, think, I think if you wore that with a suit at a wedding, it might look. There, look. Like I said, there's not too many people pulling that off. He, look, he, uh. He pulled it off. There was the era, okay? If you're a little older, and he's making a comeback, but he's not doing well, Steven Seagal. There was a Steven Seagal era, okay? And some guys out there know, what, hang in there with me. Okay, he had the ponytail thing. He had the hair slicked back, and he had the ponytail. And after you watched Mark for Death and some of the classic Seagulls, yeah. I would say, I think I could pull this off. And, and there isn't a guy out there during the Seagal era they didn't do that for a wedding. Like, all right, I'm going to a wedding. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get some hair gel. I'm going to get some pomade. And I'm going to be Steven Seagal. I'm the cook. And they put, you know, put the pomade or whatever and just gel it back. And I put the, and I just, but I looked like Shemp from the Three Stooges. See, the I, did, I did, I did the, uh, 
I did the long hair for a while. Did you do long and, hair? Uh, like the Fabia long? I looked like a knight of the round table. I can show you pictures. Did you look like Terrible. Uh, John Snow or whatever? No, I just looked like a knight of the round table. Yeah, you wouldn't look good. Yeah, I couldn't pull it. And stuff. then I would do the ponytail, and it just, I don't know, it just didn't look right. The ponytail, see, I can't do trends, man. I, I don't look good. And the earring, the earring thing, I can't pull the earring off either. See, I had, no. um, I have three in my left and one in my right. I, there's, the holes are still there. If I, I had, you had earrings? Don't wear, yeah, you I just earrings? don't wear them anymore, yeah. See, you're a tough guy. You have a biker look to you. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> My if me with an earring in at any era of my life I'd look like the effeminate effeminate cousin at the wedding. You think? What, you think? What are you looking? I don't at? know. Like earrings. Pull it off. No, I was just talking, having this conversation with somebody the other day. You don't really see guys wearing earrings too often no, anymore. No, not anymore. The hot things girls wear the little thin nose ring, which I like. I love the nose ring with the girl, the thin one. I'm sure lawyers don't get to wear that, but. Some other yeah, I'm, I'm okay with Maybe the nose. Off, I, I, I don't like the lip or anything. No, the lip one, I don't get the lip one. Yeah, I don't either. The lip ring, I mean, to each their own. I mean, I think it's cool. If you, if you have a lip ring out there, cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm always... I feel like you would get in the I way. I say go for it, but for, I'm saying I don't... Yeah, that's for me, it wouldn't be good. Because I did... I was at Larry Richard uh, yesterday getting a permani sandwich. I'd get slaw. I'd get <laughs> slaw all the way through it. Todd has his uh, photo of him uh, back in his day with the longer hair. You look like a uh, you look like a like a roadie for Leonard Skinner. <laughs> you got the beard and the hair fried out. You got you got a you do got a roadie for Leonard Skinner. You know what I mean? Or like you look like that, or you look like maybe the Almond Brother that didn't play in a band. <laughs> You know, he was. Yeah, like the, the, I was like their cousin he was Steve. A, he was the almond brother that just didn't quite <laughs> have the talent. I'm Steve Almond. They tried to have him play tambourine or something, but yeah. Greg walked in. Well, we don't, we don't want the goddamn tambourine. <laughs> Joey can't be in the band. Ain't got no talent. Like cousin that. Steve plays a mean triangle, but he yeah. ain't in the band. It's yeah. You, you have definitely. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm no. Leonard's. You got a. You're a Skinnerd roadie, old Leonard Skinner, right? You agree with that? It's a good look. It's a good luck. I, should, I wish I could bring it back. Yeah, you. What, <laughs> why can't you? I only have five hairs that grow. What do you mean you have five hairs that grow? It you have gets, hair in your head. It gets very patchy once it gets past beard length. Oh, really? Yes. Well, then you'd really capture the Leonard Skinner Brody <laughs> look, man. You really got to grow it out. <laughs> I Getting back to the Stooges, I grow my hair long. I look like Larry. We're no three stooges. It just goes it's out real long curly. And, yeah, real curly on the outside, too. I look like Larry. Come on, Mo. We got work to do. Come on, fellas. <laughs> I'm that guy. That's funny. Yeah, I don't have the yeah the hair going all the way out. Not good. Doesn't look like Bruno Mars when he grows it out. It just looks like Larry from no. the three stooges. Speaking of Bruno Mars. Yeah, he's up. You have some uh, movie stuff. He's up to play uh, Prince in the in the Prince movie. Yeah, how about that? But, um, he's going to play Prince, right? I mean, I could see that. I, I don't think it's confirmed it. yet, but he's lined up. Um, okay. He's being considered for the part. I mean, if anybody can pull I, it off, he can. He'd, he'd have to lose a little weight. I mean, he's, he's done he's uh, tributes. Like he's done tributes to Prince in the past, and yeah, he is the voice for it. Yeah, no he, doubt. And he could sing and dance, and I think he could pull it off. It's a pretty good call. I don't yeah, know who else could play it. That'd be. I don't know who else could play it. Jamie Foxx. Too old, maybe. For I don't yeah. know. Jamie Foxx can play anything. He's such a great actor. Yeah. But nah. Uh-uh, Bruno Mars, he's, all the Jamie's way. Jamie's playing uh, Mike Tyson in a movie. I heard, I heard. Coming up soon. really coming out. I heard he's in production. 
Yeah, which is and cool. uh, Mike Epps is uh, doing uh, Richard Pryor. He's going to be Richard Pryor. In the I movie. can't. You know, Pryor was my biggest influence as a comedian. Yeah, as a kid. Uh, yeah, I'd say one of them. I mean, Jonathan Winters, uh, Johnny Carson. Pryor though was the one. You know, I grew up in an alley, man, in a strip. I grew up really poor, and I grew up in, uh, in a neighborhood with all ethnic groups, and. You know, so I had uh, multicultural friends and close friends, and and my f- one friend turned me on a prior man. Yeah, and I am just as a kid, I'm about fourteen, fifteen, and I'm listening all of a sudden to my first prior album, Wanted, and it is the funniest thing I've ever heard. It's just so real and so. Raw man, it's just it's so funny. There's this guy swearing and going. You know, as you remember, I wasn't. It was kind of taboo in those days. I mean, Carlin had six class clown with the seven dirty words, but Pryor was just unbelievable, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Just every bit I remember Richard Pryor doing. It just made me cry. I'm, and I, he did Mudbone, which. It was when I started watching characters, man. He's like, he could. He was poetic. It was poetic, how he did it. Like he could take tragedy, and really turn it into. He's the, people don't really. Pryor was a storyteller, really. If you look at what he is, he yeah, was, what he was. He was. He was just a storyteller. He would just tell stories about his life. And I remember he said that story where he he just gets into. Uh, he had a monkey, he had a little little squirrel monkey or something, and it died. They let the gas on or something, and somebody was on vacation, come out, and he's, uh, he's like, I had this monkey, <laughs> and the monkey is is dead, and I love this little, I love this monkey, and I'm crying, man. I'm, I'm out on the porch, man, and I'm just sitting there and I'm crying, <laughs> and the monkey's dead. And I'm like, man, I love my monkey, he's crying. And this thing, you know, my German shepherd walks up to me, and I was like, German shepherd <laughs> walked up to me, and he's like, hey, Rich, what's he doing? I said, like, the monkey died, man. The monkey died. Oh, man, ain't that a bitch. I was going to eat him, too. <laughs> I was going to eat him, too. Yeah, just little wise like that. And when he, I remember when he got he burnt. Yeah. The famous burning when he was freebasing. Yeah. And it went on him, and there's all kind of different stories he had told later. He may have tried to commit suicide. God, you know, it's God. He lived, you know, but he got, he, yeah. he was so high. He said it was the flames run, and he's and he tells and he does a bit about it. And live on a Sunset Strip was the most amazing thing I could imagine. Because I was wondering, how is he going to talk about this? This is so tragic. How do you do that? And sure enough, Pryor does the whole thing about you know. And I'm looking at those flames on my arm, going, "Hey, I'm on fire!" <laughs> just, the that, just the way he did it, though, which is genius. Yeah. But to be able to do that. To spin it into something because, funny. Because well, comedy is pain. Yeah. It's a fine line between pain and laughing. So, But he mastered that. And, you know, he wasn't, th- th- that's life story. Be interested. I read his, uh, his book, his autobiography. Yeah. And he had a tough life. And, and he grew up in brothels and things like that. Yeah. And it was interesting. He was a different kind of comedian. He was a real uh, straight-laced comedian like kind of like the, the the suit and tie comedian for a while and he was like uh bill cosby was the king at that time in the yeah. 60s early 60s and prior worked pittsburgh and all over the, the you know the country and these supper clubs and things and 
that he was just like a joke telling, straight joke, 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 you know, kind of thing. And he had some success. He was very funny. He's just a naturally funny guy. And they said he he only had so much success though. And then all of a sudden, he goes to L.A. or whatever, whoever, and he just got into it. it became he became Richard Pryor. Just yeah. walked out on stage at the comedy store, or whatever, and just started becoming Richard Pryor. Just telling this raw, nasty, you know, you know. I grew up in a brothel, and you know, I didn't, you know, talking about prostitutes and yeah. growing up among his, his family life and the crazy stuff he's been through. And that was where you go, holy shit, man! This is because don't forget, man. There, there was a transition of comedy in in the '60s and, and even in, into the '70s, okay, and then in the '80s, which was. It was the Henny Young and one-liner guys. There was the you know the the great Robert Klein guys, and then all of a sudden it shifts into the observational guys. Now you got the Seinfelds in you know the eighty or yeah. the young Seinfelds. Eddie Murphy in the eighties. Murphy's coming in, who were all influenced by Richard Pryor. Uh, but but in the, in the yeah, all of a sudden it just changed into what comedy is now. From the comedy club boom, comedy club boom enabled that observational style to kind of just go crazy people just came in there so but Pryor was really the first one he was the pioneer all comedians myself everybody is some way influenced by yeah Pryor he was Beethoven he was Beethoven he was Mozart for comedy yeah everybody has some sort of influence uh, you know from Pryor man so it's cool hey since we're on artists and on entertainment business we just want to give a uh, condolences to Pittsburgh's Mac Miller, Mac Miller yeah. passed away at 26. Uh, everybody who knew Mac would say he was a wonderful, great guy. Uh, real down to earth. He had a lot of Pittsburgh in him, you know what I mean? And uh, just our condolences to Mac and, and his and family. family yeah. And uh, just so sad it would happen to accidental overdose. Only 26 years old, and he was just ready to go to the next level he was already at a high level but he was ready to go to the to the next level i was just talking to magician lee trebozik he yeah. was a big fan of his and lee was telling me that he's saying how john mayer and, and mac were friends i guess and mayer was saying how he was he was going to be the next this was his eminem moments were coming he was that yeah you know, that slide park album was amazing i mean it was a great album and uh i i enjoyed it that's one of the very few albums you could probably listen to front to back and pretty much every song was was a hit it yeah, was hit worthy and, and, and it's it's hard to believe only 26 man so that's you know it's really tough if you're out there if you're if you're struggling with addiction you know out there don't be afraid to get help yeah Just, get help if you're struggling with depression it's definitely uh, a don't sickness. be afraid to get help yeah it's tough and so you know definitely get, don't be afraid if you're listening to the show and you're struggling man you can do it. Just, just don't be afraid. Just do it. You know, get out there. And, and reach out. Shift in gear. So I want to talk about, um, it's a funny, it's kind of a weird story, a Pittsburgh story. It's, a, it's Giant Eagle who does our cards, you know. Yeah. Uh, there was a, one of the Giant Eagles in Ohio. Uh, there was a lady who, uh, she she worked at a deli, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. And she would eat three slices of lunch, I mean, a day. You know, while you're working, because you figure you're working there, average three slices. Because of the, lo- you know, the, you know, the we lunch would do it. I giant would do it. So good, yeah. It is great, but I would do it if I'm working there. Or you just think, okay, it's part of the gig, I guess. But there was a there's there was a Ben Clingston Mall guard there. Was like, 
some quality control person. Like, you know, all right, three slices a day, 90. They added it up to $9,200. Yeah. Over eight, you wanted to charge it. Now, the corporate, in the, to defend Giant Eagle, they, corporate, the, the Giant Eagle didn't want to do this. They want to charge. And this was, this came from yeah. somewhere else. Like, you know, so it wasn't Giant Eagle that wanted to do this. <laughs> and, you know, you shouldn't steal, obviously, but Giant Eagle didn't want to, you know, press anything. Honestly, so this came out. This has happened, you know. And, uh, so it was you know, somebody else that was doing the quality control thing or whatever they were supposed to do. Watch, but but my God, that was it's, it, that story just went all over the all over the yeah. country, all over I've the world. Petitions and everything. This is hysterical. Three slices, my God, every day. Yeah, but you figure the three from, slice diet from Giant Eagle's perspective. If how many employees do you think they have? They have thousands of employees. I, could, I just them, loved right? it. Yeah. So if every employee took three slices of lunch meat per day, I know what you're saying. I'm, I hear you. I hear you. But I guess you're thinking you're working there, and you know you think, why? Well, you know, I mean, a couple slices, right. three slices, and that's, I don't think it's too bad. But right, you know, I can imagine the debate I, at I a one-person scale. <laughs> it's not so bad. But then if you look at it in a wider scale, you then know. you add in Braunschweiger. You're going <laughs> Braunschweiger. <laughs> You're wrong. You're all messed up. And then you're going to go in the Genoa Salami. Now you're going top shelf. No, ain't right. <laughs> ain't right. Now you're going to take jumbo. You're going to three slices of jumbo. If you're talking high-quality jumbo, you're wrong. If you're talking low-quality jumbo, you let it pass. It all depends on the quality of jumbo. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. I, I, she's, she doesn't have to pay it, by the way. Right. In the end. So there may be 9,200. No, they don't know about who jail time or anything. I don't no, think. I just think no, they lost their job. She's good. She's good. She, she, she didn't, she's not going to have to pay. $9,200. So, like, what's the statute of limitations on, on lunch meat? I'm not sure on lunch when Jumbo <laughs> is. Uh, but, but, my God, she could have saved $3 a day in that 9,200. I don't know. Wow. That's pretty wild. Three slices. How about she was disciplined to stop at three slices? God bless her. <laughs> three slices. That was it. That was our limit. That was our diet. Three yeah. slices. I'm doing three slices. That's it. You walk past the case. I would go more than three slices. I would owe 18000 I would have went six <laughs> slices easy. No problem. I would have went six slices. Uh, it's, But if you're at a job, you kind of think, you know, if you work. Okay. I used to, when I was at college, IUP, my buddy Sammy delivered pizza in, in Although he got the pizza, they gave it to him at the end. He didn't take the pizza. All right. So at the end of the day, Sammy would bring the pizza home in our you know dorm. We had a refrigerator. We had like ten pizzas or whatever. Yeah. All it was great. We got like a Rolodex. What do you want today? Pull out. But yeah, but he, yeah. So he so he didn't take it. But then, no, that. I, I, so maybe I wonder if she would. I wonder if she would ask for the slices. They would have said, "Go ahead." I wonder. You know what I mean? Well, there's a lot of reasons why they probably would have said no because, you know, if they they're know? if they're gonna throw it out, it's probably not for consumption. Okay. So they could get sick, and then if they're just taking it out of the case, then you could contaminate the case. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of factors that play in there. We gotta let people know. You know what you're talking about. You work in the industry also, along with being an entertainer and in in a, in a podcast and broadcasting personality. So you know this game. You know you you know from the you're looking at the business standpoint. So, what do you do when you run when the when the food is like? Do they give it to food bank or something? Well, it's or very, I guess you can't because it's going they, bad, right? The industry stresses. I mean, there's a 
and the company should too. It, it's very uh, there's uh, there's donation there, roles, and, okay, and all that. You don't want it to be bad. You don't want anybody to get sick. Right, that's, right. That's the thing. So the foods they they can't give you just can't give them away. I guess you food, well, no, yeah, for the safety reasons, uh, contamination. I mean, there's a reason they may be throwing stuff out, so you don't want to do that. And then if they're taking do, do, it out do, of the does case, it, does it's anyone, theft. Does anyone do that? Like, have you seen people take a like, piece of lunch meat and eat a lunch meat? Piece? No, no, I, never. No, no because you, you really can't, they can't. They're all out. They're not Is allowed. that like a rule? Like, yeah. Do you have like a meeting? Do you have a meeting and tell everybody that? No. If anyone <laughs> no, touches just, the goddamn lunch meat, you're going to get punched in the throat. No, it's something. just common sense, okay. I think. Because, well, like I said, for contamination yeah, reasons, like. Like people like that have like the etiquette. bulk candies and stuff. Yeah, if you if reach your hand little, in if that. If I have my plastic gloves on. Well, I don't know. How about know. that? I, I just get know. a little piece of salami, my little plastic glove, boom, in my yeah, mouth. Yeah, but it's, still, it's considered theft. Yes, that's the thing. Don't worry. I have Catholic guilt. I wouldn't Let, be able to do it. I'd put it that. in perspective. I would be a confession I've, talking about like deer fodder. I stole salami in a kielbasa piece and... Think, think about it like this. It's somebody took a nickel from you every day for eight years. I like your I like, nine I years. Like, you know, it's a different. My God, you're take like, the lunch like meat out of the you're equation. Like 80, you're like eighty or you're like eighty-two year old Lou. Look, my mom give me the lecture, <laughs> son. If you stole every day, with that up. my mom's like that. My mom is honest as the day is long. Now. <laughs> it's amazing. I, w- I went. I took my mom. I took my mom shopping the other day. We're in uh, a drugstore, and she's got these uh, depends. You know, this bag, this box, this bag. She walked out with it by mistake. Oh, and she go back goes in. back. She, you would have thought she walked out of like a bank and took like a, a gold bar. She said, I can't sign. I got it. I said, yeah. So, oh my God. She goes, I was almost a thief. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I don't think you do jail time for depends. You know, I said, yeah, no, I can't do it, son. I can't do it. <laughs> Brought it back. God bless her. Yeah, it's 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 all about honesty, my friend. It's all about honesty. Yeah. So, so we... As we're wrapping the show, when I'm going to talk about the, the, another story people are going to be talking about or have talked about and we'll be talking about next few days, I believe, is the Beatles. Paul McCartney did a weird interview the other day. For yeah, some reason, I saw this. Some reason. I don't know. Maybe a senior moment. I don't know. But he's also get into talking about masturbation. I don't know where this where this was, came from, but he just starts talking about how he had – him and, and the, I guess John Lennon or whatever, they're basically all doing that together. They're all. You read the article too. What, what did it? What, what, yeah. What, what, did, what did you? Did it, was it just they just decided to do it or something out of boredom or something? <laughs> no. It was like out of boredom or something. They all they're all doing together, and they said they would they would yell out. I guess for that era, beautiful women to get them excited, and you know they. Paul would yell, Bridget Baldell, or whatever. And then, and, uh, <laughs> and then the, he said that John killed it by yelling at Winston Churchill. And it was all over. Kind of hurt the whole game, <laughs> what they were doing. It was like the Seinfeld thing, sort of, you know, but different. They, these were just as a, you know, a, a synchronized thing. Yeah, mutual jail bros. Yeah, and they all <laughs> sat together, you know, and, is it, and that's how they came up with the Can song. Say that? That's how they, yeah, that's how they came up with the song, Come Together, <laughs> right? They that's did. a whole new meaning now. They came, yeah, that's how they came up with the song. But, uh, and, and let it be. But, but uh, it, I Want to Hold Your Hand. They wrote several hit songs from this. Mo- no, they did not. I'm just making up. But <laughs> I wonder what made him say that in the interview, man. It's like, I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess when you said everything, when you said everything, 
in the interviews and you're a beetle <laughs> and you're just you and Ringo left <laughs> you know Ringo's not going to bring up the masturbation thing they, maybe they Ringo's, have reunions they even, to bring I, that I don't back think they, they even let Ringo in that thing <laughs> they didn't let him in they probably did because he they probably said Ringo would be too weird don't let Ringo no Ringo probably isn't allowed and then poor Ringo don't let Ringo in <laughs> I'll do it myself Paul said <laughs> that's funny I can't I, you know. that's kind of weird that he admitted I, I couldn't that. do like, that what would make I, him bring I, that well, up how does that come up in conversation oh yeah me and the yeah me and, me and the lads got together <laughs> we do the masturbation I gotta tell you right now it's Paul McCartney it's a beetle okay and I don't know if a star is telling me this Jay-Z or someone. Maybe we should have a mutual jail before the show. I have no show. idea. If I, no? if, if, if you want to try it? No. <laughs> okay. If a star brings it up, like if Jay-Z sat there and did it and said, yeah. hey, man, this is what I did, and I did this, and what I did, I'd be like, oh, it's cool. Yeah, man, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, I got to tell you, I couldn't imagine, like, anybody, I couldn't imagine me jumping in there with, like, fellow entertainers, like, you know, Donnie Irish and Joker Shecky, going, hey, let's do it. Come on. So I'll <laughs> masturbate. No. <laughs> I couldn't do it. If you, if you I, I don't, right? I mean, I don't get, even if I was bored, I, I don't think I'd do that. And with my, I couldn't imagine doing I don't that know. with my buddies. I, I, I mean, couldn't. The Beatles must have been so, so bored that, you know, it was it, right? I don't they know. They got tired. You know, they got, there was like one quote, they got, they got tired of women, man. There's so many women. How do you do that? Uh, How do we, you do that? I'll never have to worry about that problem. No, I know. <laughs> That's what happened. They were so bored. They just did that. Isn't that something? That's that a, was a game to them. That was entertainment. They could have yeah. anything they wanted. What's going on here? Paul, your right hand? Come on. I don't know. I don't know how anybody it's said okay. the Beatles' okay. favorite pastime. I don't know how anybody said okay. <laughs> like, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Come on. Let's do it. It's going to be, it's, who wins? Like, were they just sitting around, like, watching what TV? Do you, I don't know. And then you, just, the article, I guess, said they... I don't know how it started, sort of. I, just, I think they said they were, I guess they were bored or something. They decided to do it. I don't know. Or whatever. I mean, it's part of the creative process. Yeah, hey, they're geniuses. I, and I heard uh, Lennon and McCartney tied. They tied. Yeah, same time. It was like they they share everything. Like was equal. Races. Everything was equal. <laughs> they were All songs equal. Everything's equal. So oh. we do it. Nobody's better than the other. Tell me where. Yeah. <laughs> George would have probably won. <laughs> right? No, maybe Ringo. Ringo was a drummer. Yeah. Best grip. Yeah. <laughs> See, right? He is a great grip on the stick. He would win. That's why big, they didn't probably let him big in. Big forearms. Letting Ringo in with a st- he's good with a stick. I, I think Ringo might have been in it. I can't remember. I, he didn't really go into heavy detail. The article wow. I read was they were talking about his interview. I didn't see the actual yeah, interview. Talk, I just read some quotes out of his interview. So yeah. I didn't read the actual complete interview with Paul because I don't really want to read that interview of him talking about the masturbation thing. This <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take, I'll take the quotes. They're, they're fine. The second hand, hand story of the hand is fine with me with that. You know, it just doesn't. I, I couldn't do it with a, you know another guy, a bunch of guys sitting around. I couldn't imagine guys walking. Hey, let's do this contest. Let's all go. Yeah, I, I guess and apparently yell out names. part of that in, interview too. They were talking about how George Harrison lost his virginity with the guys in the room at seventeen. What do you mean? He he lost his. Oh, his. Was virgin- it George? The with the guys in the room. 
Yeah. John Lennon was with someone's wife, and the husband was watching, which is w- strange. But the husband's going, I, he probably did brag about it, actually, at work. It was just somebody they met in a, in a club. Know, that's not something to brag about. And, uh, yeah, it jo- be, yeah, it was kind of sad. It wasn't going, you know, a guy going to work, and he's like, I was like, guess what, John Lennon, with, you, know, you, know my, you know my wife, Shirley, John Lennon was with her. They're like, what? Yes, <laughs> I watched it. He was wonderful. The man is a poet. It was fantastic. He's tremendous. And Ringo watched too. And then George was outside with Paul. I don't, yeah. It's, it's a very strange little interview. Paul's yeah. just opening up. Why not? So it's, hey. I don't know if we asked for it, but we got it. We got it. <laughs> we got it, man. <laughs> yeah, let's go listen to some Beatles tunes now, man. Whatever. <laughs> So no no uh, <laughs> mutual jabs before the show. No, okay. no, it's a that's going to be a rule for the show. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, I don't want to see it. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, this was a fun show uh, today, and uh, let's give the number out again: seven two four four zero Kren. That's it. Give us a call, text, let us know how you're doing. You want to, you know, say hello, whatever. And come on down to Bloom's, check, uh, check out Mark and have a cigar with us. And uh, don't forget to go to Giant Eagle for your Yinzer cards. And uh, and just have a, have a great one. Have a great week, everybody. And yeah. uh, uh, Todd is going to get the uh, James Conner haircut for us soon. Yeah. i got to grow the back. you got to grow the back a little bit and, yeah. and work it a little bit. Oh, give us a weight. Are you down more? Oh, uh, I don't want to talk about what did, it. Wait, we were supposed to monitor this. This I was fell a big off deal. The wagon. For crying out loud, it's a big deal. <laughs> I'm actually you were 313 <laughs> and you dropped 13 pounds. We're all happy. We're going to monitor you. Watch you gonna yeah. go down and wait. And and we're going to applaud you like on that show to Biggest Loser. And I'd cry yeah. and all that. And we should have before after. Where are you, where are you? Did you weigh yourself? I haven't stepped on the scale. That's I, not the way to die. I haven't watched. That's not the way to do it, Todd. Since the last show, I think. you gotta you got to get into it. I know. you gotta and then I got to in. I got contacted to do a, a gyro 50? challenge in McKee's Rocks. You know what? You're like Vander Holyfield. I'm a boxing <laughs> fan. He just couldn't get. He couldn't retire. He couldn't retire. <laughs> just kept bringing him back out. Just kept. I'm doing it. You, you just keep coming. You're like Tyson couldn't retire. Ali couldn't retire. It's my only vice. I, I Mayweather just like can't food. retire. You're like Mayweather can't retire. You know, keep trying to lure him out, right? Yeah. It's just and Todd can't retire. That's it. You just you feel the thrill, the thrill of winning. I don't know. You are a champion, competitive eater. I understand. I just like to eat. I like to eat too. <laughs> but you're a champion. That's a difference. That's a difference, man. I don't you're, know if that's you're something you're proud of. By the way, yeah. well, you should. World be. records. That's championship stuff. But <laughs> we got to get you on a diet so your heart doesn't explode. Right. So you can at least tell the story about being a champion. That's the idea. Right. Yeah, we're going to get to work on that. That's <laughs> our goal, get to work on it. i got to yeah. get back on. Right, hey, everybody out there and all over the world, you know, from Pittsburgh to all over the world, we appreciate you listening so much. I uh, really do. And uh, uh, thanks so much. Hope you enjoy. Jim Cran, No Restrictions. No Restrictions. Freeze, punk. Nobody move. Sorry, sir. That's right, pal. Don't move. You're it's me, off. Ben Clingston. Mulgard. Hello? What's uh, what's on your face? That is my Klingon outfit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hello, fellow tricky Danny. Hi, Ben. <laughs> How are you? Okay. Nanu, nanu. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Little Trekkie humor, that's all. This is between Danny and I. I was called in this weekend for the Trekkie convention to protect Q. <laughs> Q? Q? That's right. They called and said, Ben Clingston. 
Small guard, could you protect Q? And a lot of people know that I am a member of the Army of Soldiers for Star Trek. Army the, of Soldiers for Star yes, Trek. Yes, the ASS Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, every time I mention that, people giggle. I yeah, understand. I see the big sign on I'm you. I'm the head of the ASS uh, the big A, they like to call me. <laughs> big A. Does that mean you're ra- an ass ranger? <laughs> in a way. Yes, in a way. Very good, Trekkie Phil. Very good. Very good. You're on my team. I see that. <laughs> the big A, they call me. Still. You know, it's a lot. But uh, they called and they said, you know, Ben Clingston. Oh, sorry. Mulligard, you are the head of the ASS Galaxy. Ass ranger. <laughs> Would you uh, step As in? And- Ranger! I like that. This is very nice. This is very nice. That could be my new logo. So I thought, you know, I'll do it. I'll protect Q. And you know what? We already had somebody to protect P and L. P and L were completely covered. <laughs> but no Q protection. Q was crazy. We go from the Trekkie convention over to Chauncey's. <laughs> they won't let him in the door. He's wearing Federation boots. They're like, you can't come in with those. <laughs> He's there, I'm cute, I'm cute. He's screaming it. They finally wave him in. They said he had a card, he had a pass card. They said, oh, oh, cute, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They bring him in, and that's when it all happened. When, when, what all happened? Q drank too much CNC. <laughs> CNC and Q? Got a DUI. Calls me, I brought him in. I Let's review. Out, I brought him home. Yeah, Let's review. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Q had too much CNC, got a DUI. Got a DUI, <laughs> met a girl named D. D was there? D was there, all of a sudden he drank too much CNC, got a DUI, calls me up, I sober him up, I said, Q, you gotta drink tea. <laughs> <laughs> he said, okay. <laughs> so he drinks the tea, he gets up. He looks at me and he says, I, Q, have to tell you, after a night with D, it stinks when I pee. <laughs> I'm like, well, we'll be talking about that at the ASS Galaxy Convention this weekend. Okay, after night, night, after night with that. D, drinking C and C. C got a DUI. Got a DUI. I, drank, I gave him tea. Stings when it pees. He stood up and told me it stings when it pees. Pretty amazing weekend. I just had to tell you, that's what I'm up a little earlier. You are wild. Thank you, fellow Trekkies. Ass Rangers signing off. <laughs> ben Clingston. <laughs> Mulligard. Live long and prosper. Nanu nanu. <laughs>